Ready. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Well, I wish I could say that my interest in you was purely professional. You trying to get under my cape, Doctor? <laughs> A girl can't live by psychosis alone. It's the car, right? Chicks love the car. <laughs> what is it about the wrong kind of man? In grade school, it was guys with earrings. College, motorcycles, leather jackets. Now? Black rubber. Try firemen, less to take off. I don't mind the work. Pity I can't see behind the mask. We all wear masks. My life's an open book. You read? I don't blend in at a family picnic. Oh, we could give it a try. I'll bring the wine. You bring your scarred psyche. Direct, aren't you? You like strong women. I've done my homework. Or do I need skin tight vinyl and a whip? Woohoo! <laughs> yeah! We All are right. back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back, 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 back. We've got a very special episode coming to you today. My name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And these, these are, are the, the movies that, that made us gay. gay. Hey, we did it again. We did it again. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Best yet. That was a a very in-sync intro. Uh, Scott, do you want to talk a little bit about what we've got going on and introduce our very special guest? Oh, of course. Well, we watched Batman Forever from 1994, directed by Joel Schumacher, with our good friend Dylan Hay Chapman. Yay! Hi, Dylan. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is our first Skype call on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, this is my pod cherry, too. Oh, hey. You've never done a podcast before? Nope. Wow. And also, very special episode, because Dylan is our second straight man on the podcast. He is indeed. Right after Chris Sergliano. Welcome to the podcast, Dylan. Two two in a row, or? No, not quite two in a row. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we uh, we should be so lucky, but yeah, this is like this is this is some high tech shit we've got going on. Yeah, you guys were you guys were working that those soundboards and computers like you're on the Enterprise. I f- I feel like I'm gonna launch someone into space right now. Frankly, this is pretty fantastic. But uh, Dylan, we're glad to have you here all the way from Oregon, Bend, Oregon. Yeah, living in Bend right now. It's the same time zone. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. It so yeah. it all worked out. Thankfully. Well, hey, Scott, how, talk how long before you how long before you guys stop nodding on doing the podcast? And <laughs> you know, say yes out loud. <laughs> and point pointing at the TV as we're <laughs> as we're talking to each other. Ooh, look at that scene. Can you believe that outfit? We'll tr- we'll try to uh, I'm nodding. <laughs> great. We won't have any uh, uh video commentary on this, but may- maybe we will. I'll, Not yet. I'll, I'll record this on my phone. So, Scott, what do you got? Oh, man. We watched Batman Forever from 1984, like I said earlier. This is a movie that I watched the shit out of this movie. Yes. I have kind of a soft spot for the Joel Schumacher movies. I know they're really fucking stupid, but kind of looking back on them, I find them super charming and endearing. Yeah. In a very stupid way. (laughs) In that Hollywood blockbusters are not made like this anymore. No. And I think it's kind of... It's a, definitely a movie from 1994, or or from like 1995. Yeah, and we're so used to the Marvel style of filmmaking that this at one time was the shit. 
1995, this was the biggest movie I had, my nine-year-old brain had ever seen. Yeah. And a little Batman on, uh, a little background on Batman. Background on Batman. A little background on Batman. So Background. The background. (laughs) Background. (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of this movie can be faulted to Batman Returns. Because Batman Returns was a movie that was re- was received very hot, very hot and cold of people. Sure, it opened big and then it dropped, so it didn't make a lot of money for Warner Brothers. I know that families at the time weren't very happy with it. Well, I liked it, so they felt like they had to put the series in a new direction. Sure. It. So with Tim Burton signed on as the producer this time because he did not direct it, they got uh, Joel Schumacher. And Joel Schumacher, big director from the 80s, he did The Lost Boys for Warner Brothers, he did Flatliners for Columbia, and he had just made The Client. I've been, I've been working on my Joel Schumacher impression since, mm-hmm. we, since we watched some special features yesterday. Can we have a little of it? It's me, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> I really don't have anything. Joel Sorry. Schumacher, also a little, that up. a little note, Joel Schumacher's commentaries are very charming for his movies. Yeah. If you ever get a hold of his commentary for Batman Forever or Batman Robin or Lost Boys, uh-huh. he's filled with all sorts of fun little details about it. But um, yeah, he had just made The Client for Warner Brothers, which was pretty successful. It sure. made a lot of money and it got a few Oscar nominations. So they signed on Joel and Michael Keaton passed on it. They offered him a rumored $15 million for it, and he said no. And another actor that was considered for Batman was Ethan Hawke. I don't buy that. Dylan, have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've never heard that So supposedly they offered it to Ethan Hawke, and he said no, which I could not see this movie made with Ethan Hawke. Val Kilmer was a stretch, too, though, were it not for Iceman. If he hadn't already done oh, right. Top Gun, I don't think anyone would have considered him because he was a comedy before. Yeah, that. Top, top Secret. Well, I mean, he had just mm-hmm. made Tombstone, and I know that oh, Schumacher yeah, right. like watched Tombstone, and he was like, "That's Batman right there," and they offered it to him on the spot right after watching Tombstone. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, in this movie, um, a lot of plot holders from the original script treatment for Batman Returns because in the original Batman Returns script Robin was in it. Yeah. And then they wrote him out. Uh, who are they going to cast as Robin? In? Marlon Wayans. that information for... Marlon Wayans for... was originally cast as, as Robin in Batman Returns. Really? Yeah. And they paid him out because he was never in a Batman movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, pay or play or something? Yeah, it was pay or play and, and he got like he got like 200 grand or something. At, at like seventeen, to be wow. Robin, and it never happened. He told the story on uh, on uh, on Fallon, I think, and he said he just you know he was like seventeen and he just blew it all. Oh yeah, he just like got that. He got like his two hundred grand and was just like yeah gone. Um, and you know who yeah. else they wrote out of Batman because they introduced in the first Tim Burton movie for Harvey Dent was yeah. Billy D. Billy D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they wrote him out of. Batman Returns, and that character eventually became Max Shrek, played by Christopher Walken. And right. then they wrote him back in. Right. And the Nicole Kidman casting was interesting for the girl of the movie because they had originally signed on Renee Russo when Michael Keaton was sort of attached. And then when Michael Keaton dropped out, they dropped Renee Russo. Other actresses to have been to have read for Dr. Chase Meridian were Robin Wright. Gene Triplehorn and Linda Hamilton. 
Okay. So this would have been Linda Hamilton hot off a of Terminator. Yeah, but I feel like Linda so. Hamilton would have matched Michael Keaton more than Val Kilmer. Yep. And so once so once they went younger with Val Kilmer, they had to dump that old bag Rene Russo. Yeah, right. I guess that <laughs> she Warner was. just thought she read too old. Okay, all right. And Makes sense. Joel Schumacher said he always Shady. had Nicole Kidman in mind to play her, and he really had to fight for her because the studio because the studio didn't want her. He claims that they didn't think she was sexy enough. <gasps> our Nick, our Nick, our, I, I our have Nick, a, not I have, sexy well. enough. I have a little clip we'll get to later when we talk about Nicole Kidman and that voice. That voice that she's uh, that she's given in this movie, she it took her a while to to come to to settle on the Chase Meridian voice and those vocal those vocal tones, and uh, her very first scene in the movie, she's she's got some of her Australian accent hey, coming Batman. through. <laughs> hey, look, yeah. there's Batman. <laughs> there he <Crikey>. is. <laughs> it's Batman. It's Batman. <laughs> Look at Two Face. <laughs> Everything's a question. All right, go on. Scott. So go on. The idea when they revamped Batman was to make it more fun and colorful. Mm-hmm. And what better of a director to really camp this shit up than Joel Schumacher? Right. And also, little background on Joel Schumacher. He started out as a window decorator at I think Macy's in New York. So he came like, from like mannequin, the like movie mannequin, mannequin style. Wow. He started out dressing windows. So that's that's the. The life story of Joel Schumacher. And then he is the went movie into mannequin. commercial directing and then found his way into movies. Wow. So, yeah. And then we got Batman Forever, this bag of crazy. So, sure. So, the DC universe is basically in the hands of a window dresser <laughs> and a hairdresser with Superman. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good old and, John and, Peters. And, John and Peter. That was when it was good. And, and it was good. I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of it. Oh, so no. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Back then. Well, and, and now, now it's in the hands of <laughs> Schneider. Go ahead. Well, it's still super up in the air who exactly Batman belongs to. Yeah, because they're sort of True. rebooting it again. Yeah, with Matt well, Reeves. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm I'm all for Pattinson. By the way, sure, he has the jawline. He has a good strong jawline. <laughs> I'm into it. And he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And he's a perfect Bruce Wayne. He'll yeah. be the perfect Batman. Yeah, and they're going for that Batman detective route too. Batman's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I was also thinking last night when we were watching it, had production design like this ever really been done in a movie before? Had really, like, the American public ever seen anything like this when it came well, out? Well, I, 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 I'm going to take myself back to 1995, all the way back to 95. Dylan, you were in college at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were in grad school. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting my... PhD. Yeah. No, but I mean, I had just graduated high school. You know, this was the next Batman movie. Batman Returns, I fucking loved. I, you know, it was amazing, all that. Me too. And, you know, uh, this came out, and I feel like the only thing that we had to, like, compare it to, everybody was just like, oh, it's like Blade Runner. It's just got those Blade Runner visuals, which, I mean, you watch it now, it's, it's nothing like Blade Runner. But I guess maybe in 95, that was our reference that we had that visually. I'm going to throw uh, one at you back to 1990, Dick Tracy. Mm. Sure. Oh, my God. So yeah. Just for, like, yeah. kind of really trying to replicate a comic strip. Yeah. And well, the no, color and everything, but also miserably. Well, and also, yeah. Dick Tracy was sort of trying to emulate the success of the 89 Batman, too. Totally. It was, True. like, taking yeah, everything. Comics. It was yeah. taking everything that 
the original Tim Burton Batman movie and taking everything that you probably shouldn't have. Yeah, I always forget. A, I always forget about uh, Dick Tracy. But then, anytime it's on, or like I'll see it on demand or something, and I'll, I'm gonna watch Dick Tracy. I remember why I forgot about it. It's just not that watchable. <laughs> I feel like at least these, at least the Schumacher Batman's are they're watchable because they're just so crazy. I feel like Warren Beatty had a good vision, but I, maybe he just wasn't ready as a director because that yeah, story but, just was boring. I think you're right. And also, I, I don't, I don't want to slag Madonna, but she <laughs> is sort of an unknown. I, I don't know if it's her or just the public, but she's hot and cold at the box office. Oh like yeah, Robert for sure. Altman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean she, she's done uh, amazing things in the music world, but her uh, movies were always hit and miss. Yeah, her forays onto the yeah. big screen usually miss. Always. Yeah, always been hits. So, okay, Dylan, talk to us about uh, what you thought when you first saw this movie. Because you probably haven't seen this in a while. I feel like <laughs> I, we revisit this every, I mean, few months, every year well, we gotta, or so. We got to get our Chris O'Donnell. We got to get our Chris O'Donnell. Robin fix. Nipple I'll, fix. I will, I will talk about <laughs> my huge crush on Chris O'Donnell in this movie later. Right. But yeah, what was your impression of revisiting this movie? Well, like Peter said, I was in college. Or I was dropped out. I did that a couple times. Sure. But I think the last time I saw it was on home video when I was working at a video store. Uh, but I do remember really enjoying it. And I was a huge fan of Jim Carrey at the time. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was hot off of The Fugitive, right? Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'll get back to him on this. But um, going back to it, I remember it being huge, awesome, uh it just seemed to take a while to get off the ground this time. and I. But I still really enjoyed it. But I was also just kind of gobsmacked at how um, how it hasn't aged as well as I thought it would. But I sure. still really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy watching Nicole Kidman's performance. The, all of the performances, I think. Val Kilmer's delivery is so odd to me. Val Kilmer kind of seems bored in this movie. Too. I, he, it's I it's a performance that he's kind of sleepwalking through. Well, even the even the clip that you ran at the top. Yeah. Um, it's line pause. Yeah. Line pause. Line and then like really run on dialogue, but all these big pause like the edit, the edit could have been snappier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, his 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 delivery is bad. And it, I feel like his delivery as Batman and Bruce doesn't really change that much. Um, this is pre, you know, Christopher Nolan, so we don't have like the Cookie Monster Batman voice. But I feel like even Michael Keaton changed it up. You know, Definitely. I feel like he was de- delivering yeah. a voice when he was Batman. Val Kilmer's just very like flat, and I mean, it's all there. Even his even uh-huh. his Bruce voice is there. It's and it's just really weird. And Nicole Kidman, I feel like you know she. Had, She'd been around. She'd done some stuff. Well, I mean, this was an interesting point in Nick's career. Nick. Nick. Our Nick. We always refer to her as our Nick. As our Nick. Because, I mean, she was well-known, but she was mainly known as Tom Cruise's wife. I was thinking as we were watching it, was this her first big non-Tommy project? Yeah, because they met on Days of Thunder in like 89, 90. And then they just far and away. Far and away. And he was. she would just be sort of his arm candy at all of these red carpet events. Yeah. 
and at the Oscars, and she and her career really didn't take until ninety four to blow up because in nineteen ninety five she came out with this movie and also To Die For. Okay, and To Die For put her on the map. Okay, of this is a big up and coming leading lady. Well, she also had uh, Dead Calm. Dead Calm. Oh, yeah, that's the boat one with Billy Zane. Yeah, with Billy Zane and Sam uh, Neill. Yeah. You see Billy Zane's butt in that movie. <laughs> Sam Neill? <laughs> yeah, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. And and uh, and your Nick's butt. Is Ooh. Too, mm-hmm. when, uh, did when you, he's assaulting her. Did you see this movie? So maybe, I, I don't know if you remember if you had any sort of frame of reference for her. But when you saw this movie, were you just like, yeah, she can get it? Or were you just like, she's fine? No, uh, I think she's totally smoking. Cause, yeah, because she's a beautiful yeah, at, woman. At the time, too. Yeah. yeah. She's oh, got definitely. that Veronica Lake wig on, and she's ready to go. <laughs> what makes you yeah, think it's a everybody wig? In this, everybody in this movie looks really oh good. Oh, my God. They all look amazing, even Alfred. Except, except for Tommy Lee Jones. Right? Oh, my God. However, his stunt double, uh, there's that shot where he gets in the car. Sorry, I don't mean to derail Oh, no, it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. There's yeah. a shot where he gets in the car, and it's clearly... Uh, a photo double oh. with uh, a really bad wig. I meant to get a picture <laughs> of it, and I forgot to. That's cool. But I that was, guy looked great. I <laughs> was thinking that most of Tommy Lee Jones's stuff, if it's not obviously him in a shot, like a medium shot or a close-up, it's probably the double. I think you're right. Same with Chris that. O'Donnell. When we were watching his like his like Jim Cotta like gymnastics fight in the alley, where he beat up En Vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was not Chris O'Donnell at all. Oh, we yeah, should also no say way. Chris O'Donnell's stunt double was a Olympian. Yeah, I think it was. It was was it Mitch Gaylord or was it Bart Connor? I think it was Mitch Gaylord. I think it was Mitch Gaylord was mm-hmm. Chris O'Donnell's stunt double. That's kind of crazy. Are you serious? Yeah. What? Like who knew? Wow. Okay, so I do want to play this little clip of Nicole Kidman and Dylan. I think you're the you might be one of the best people for this. Tell me if you can get a little bit of. Uh, of a Aussie accent in here. It's very short, but I caught just a little bit of it. See if you, if you can hear what I'm talking about. Hot entrance. Two-Face. Two guards are dead. He's holding a third hostage. Didn't see this one coming. We should have, though. The second bank of Gotham on the... Second anniversary of the day I captured him. How could Two-Face resist? I'm Chase Meridian. Hey, how could Two-Face resist? <laughs> oh, man. I was, watching, <laughs> I was watching an episode of Big Little Lies today... In the episode that I was watching, you could hear a lot of her Australian accent <laughs> in it, and it's and it's it's r- super heavy scenes where it's super dramatic. Sure, you can start to see it slip. Yeah, when you can tell that she's really in the moment and she's not thinking about it. Yeah, and you can start to hear the Australian accent slip. Hey, I could two face resist second bank at Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> at least he didn't hit the first of the third. <laughs> 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 on the second anniversary, uh, Australian accents are crazy because, like, somebody like Kate Blanchett and and Nicole Kidman—they're like these beautiful, like, refined women, super posh. That you're just, they're so posh looking. But like Kate Blanchett in interviews, she's just like, "Yeah, I really like this movie. I just did. I play this lesbian." <laughs> you're like, "What the <laughs> hell, Kate Blanchett? You're supposed to be way more refined than that." I think even Aust- when you talk to Australians about her accent. For first of all, Nicole Kidman was born in Hawaii. Sure. So certain Australians take issue with that. Uh but also her accent's very posh for Australia. Sure. So you can tell that it's an accent from society. Well, too. yeah, it's a, it's a Kath and Kim uh <laughs> <laughs> um for true 
<laughs> true and prove. <laughs> if you haven't watched Kath and Kim, ladies and gentlemen, go and, and find it. It's on Netflix. And you know who loves Nicole Kidman on Kath and Kim? Uh, Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> uh, she, both Sharon and I think that, uh, isn't it, um, I think Kath always talks about our Nick. Yeah, they both, yeah. Kath and Sharon both love Nick. They they claim her as their own. All right, so <clears throat> so open on like Tokyo Gotham, <laughs> Tokyo <laughs> Fever Dream yeah. Gotham. So you know what I noticed in this in this viewing was that like they would have these big crowd scenes filled with like Gothamites, and some of the ladies would just have like like a crazy like neon yellow wig. Or like blue hair, you know what? I, did you notice that that they just kind of peppered in these like, I don't yes. know. I think that at the time that was kind of ahead of its time, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. They were really going for a, um, a highly stylized. Yeah. It sort of rolled like, even though the Batman '89 was extremely Art Deco and yeah. really sort of beautifully brutal, mm-hmm. they really rolled it as far back to Adam West yeah, as mm-hmm. they could. Yeah. Even with the ending where they run in front of the bat signal. But <laughs> um, but yeah, which I was totally fine with. I, I still am. Like, um, <laughs> it wouldn't do well in this continuity. But, right, uh, right. But yeah, I, to- I totally agree. It was uh, so many huge, bold choices. These movie sets also sort of harken back to the 60s Batman, too. There's a lot of um, sheets, sheets on chairs. Um, oh. <laughs> all the flats. Just furniture were covered. a little, like, they're trying to fill out this giant sound studio. Sure, sure. Yeah, and also just the, the Riddler's uh, machine looked like yeah. it could have been pulled with a little bit of uh, acrylic um, plexiglass could have been pulled off of the old set. Oh yeah, for sure. And like that that uh, that initial costume that's like F- Frank Gorshin. Oh yeah. Is that 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 actor? With yeah. The, with the leggings though. Yeah. That yeah. Was, that, the costumes were awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love. Uh, I mean, we don't really have to go beat by beat, but I do love in this movie it kind of set up what. I think what they took from uh, Riddler's kind of like his little origin where he's like making the costume. He's in his little crazy sideways apartment. His railroad apartment. Oh, yeah. That that had like that crazy Terry Gilliam like set decoration with like all the TVs piled on top of each other. And he had this moment where he like became the Riddler where he like looked at the his little machine and he saw the guy's suit and all that stuff. And I feel like that was very much like Selina Kyle's big scene in Batman Returns Mm -hmm. where she went back and she made her. Catwoman suit and then when we finally get to Batman and Robin and Poison Ivy has her scene mm-hmm. and who's the other, oh and Mr. Free oh my god yeah it's a, it's like they kind of they kind of saw what they could do with a villain becoming their persona and just kind of kept one-upping themselves Be- they even introduce um uh, Edward E. Nigma as like a disgruntled employee too, kind of yeah. like Selena. Yeah, he. Had, yeah, they. I think they they're really laying the groundwork for for setting up these because there's so many characters. They just have to give everybody these these intros. Did you, did um, you notice John Favreau? 
No. Yeah, he's got uh, no dialogue, but he's Ed Begley Jr.'s assistant when they come in. Oh, no way. Here. With, uh, Favs? Yeah, just roll it back. John Favreau's <laughs> in there. Ed Begley Jr.'s performance is like... Yeah, see? Oh, man. It's a lot. Give him the Golden Globe. Give him the Cable Ace Award right now. Yeah. Nigma. <laughs> Back to work, Nigma. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? So so that's what Screech's dad yeah. is. <laughs> it's a very same by the book performance. <laughs> oh my god. So, okay. We've got we haven't even gotten to like Robin yet. Oh, Robin comes in so late in this movie. Yeah, probably like 30 minutes in. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, we've got some th- that first opening scene with Two-Face. I feel like none of these big set action pieces really make a lot of sense. The whole thing with Two-Face trying to steal that vault, that weird safe that had all of those compartments in it that the boiling acid was in. Yeah. Yeah, so how 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 why is it so hard for you to steal what's in the safe if you've already rigged it? Yeah, exactly. He acid. he put the boiling acid inside, but he's trying to steal. Or the is that is that what Gotham Bank? <laughs> but it was also supposed <laughs> it just to be saves a, your acid. <laughs> it was supposed to be like a trap for Batman, though. Oh, so they're alluring. They're alluring Batman yeah. there. Oh right, yeah, they didn't want what was in there. Yeah, that's true. The opening scene, I always was impatient with when I was a kid. I wanted to kind of skip ahead to the Gotham Circus. Yeah, Gotham, but the Gotham Circus doesn't come in for like another twenty mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, there's there's no point in going this beat by beat. But okay, let's see what do I have here. So I have Gothamites with crazy hair. Uh, okay, so Tommy Lee Jones's performance right off the bat, top of this movie. So this acid that was thrown on his face in the court. I love that there is footage from GNN, Gotham News oh, Network. Yeah. That's <laughs> these edited cuts of the courtroom and his Manila envelope, perfectly. Yeah. Shielding his face from from the from the purple acid. You can tell that we don't have time to go into a full origin story. Just put it on the fucking TV. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. So at this point, the Joker, acid. Yeah. Two Face, some acid, but they're the only two that are accidental. Sure. And then Selena Kyle becomes a villain on purpose. Riddler becomes a villain. How how does a Penguin happen? He's born deformed. He's born deformed. Oh, and he right. just lives he's just among them. He's thrown yeah. into he's the mad. river by his parents, and he's raised by circus people and penguins. Yeah. That's right. Uh, poison ivy is a substance, uh, Bane substance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, science. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like poison ivy and also Catwoman, weren't those, a, those are more supernatural, though. Right? Well, no, maybe poison ivy was science. Yeah, she fell into all of her all of her plant chemicals. Plant chemicals. There you go. But those cats bit Selena Kyle back to life. Yeah, she fell like that's fifty right. stories. There's some like resurrection going on. With yeah, that. yeah, that's some pet cemetery cat's shit eye. right there. Yeah, Drew Barrymore was in that too. Ooh, oh man, eye. Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mazar. This was a very different time in Drew Barrymore's career. Sugar she was in Spice. She was very lucky to get this role as one of Two Face's gun malls. <laughs> I love these two characters. These two characters are definitely like this is some They're drag queens. This is some RuPaul's ru- drag race They're, main stage yeah. runway shit. Yeah. 
she's uh, Drew Barrymore is serving some pheromone and the oh, All Stars yeah. All Stars Four talent this show. Is true. With that robe. Yeah. She's gonna slip on that in front of her compact. Debbie um, Mazar has her Thorgy Thor wig okay, on. Okay, so you said Debbie Mazar looks like Thorgy Thor. This may be over Dylan's head as our resident straight for the evening, but I thought that Debbie Mazar's wig uh, was it was giving me a little Battlefield Earth. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. She was a little John Travolta in Battlefield Earth, that huge, like, bouffant. That was a scene I I was very obsessed with as a kid, that the whole (laughs) layer is cut in half, (laughs) and you get get all the white stuff, and then the light, like, the white, pretty, girly stuff next to just, like, punk rock. Yeah. Are they allowed to switch sides? Never. Like, never? Okay. It's like Lucy and Ethel. They've got that line of scotch tape down the middle of the room. I can't curse. We have a sample of their dialogue. You should play it. Okay. I'm going to play <laughs> I love both of their line deliveries on it. You don't have to play the whole thing. It's pretty stupid. No, we have to play the whole thing. Hold on. Here it is. Don't worry, baby. <laughs> You'll kill him soon. Besides, I made your favorite tonight. Sparkling champagne and oh. yummy poached salmon with little itty bitty quail eggs and a that drew voice creamy, <laughs> dreamy lemon souffle. No, I made your favorite a charred heart of black boar, a side of raw donkey meat, what and a sterno and grain alcohol straight up, baby. Ladies, you spoil us. We're of two minds about what to eat first. Did she say say raw donkey meat? Yeah. yeah, Charred donkey meat? Uh, What? I like to think that Madonna called up Debbie after this movie and was like, good job. (laughs) Really knocked that role out of the park. You really made the most of your screen time. That'd be donkey tartare, wouldn't Uh, it? Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I'm in the weeds on that. But yeah, I heard that. But is that like punk rock? Like she said, like black a black boar's heart. Yeah. What? I mean, I guess his it's like, like red meat. His like mutant side is is more is less punk rock and more like Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, Tommy Lee Jones though he's got okay. Sometimes. He's doing like split personality, like I don't, you know, he'll be kind of quiet and then get kind of crazy, and, and that's very much taken from the cartoon show. And he always too. refers to himself as like as we, but then sometimes he's just crazy. I, I his uh, his performance is a little too scattered for me. It, you can tell that he's a little out of his element, especially in scenes with Jim. Well, it's because he just fucking hated Jim Carrey so yeah. damn much. So supposedly these Did two didn't really? these yeah. two didn't get along on set. I think that Jim Carrey was a bit much for Tommy Lee Jones at times. Probably. And Tommy Lee Jones was barely any like he just seemed like he didn't know what to do about it. So Yeah. He was playing um he looked it up in Webster's villain <laughs> and went for it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh see and at the time we could reference we could go home and at 2:30 in the afternoon watch an episode of the animated series and get these characters done like so much better right it's true mm-hmm. i feel like um god who was two-face 
Oh, Richard Mall, Bull from Night Court was Two Face on uh, on the animated series. How about that? Oh, I didn't know that. And he gave a more nuanced performance than Oscar winner Tommy Lee Jones. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> And also, I take it that a lot of Jim stuff was probably ad libbed, and Tommy Lee Jones does not strike me oh, as no. an improv sort of actor. No, not at all. Hell no. No, I like there was some. There was some, but we watched a little bit of the behind the scenes, and 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 Val Kilmer is just like, yeah, you know, I would sit with Tommy, and you know, he's got a ranch, and and I've got a ranch. We so. would talk cattle. We'd talk. Wow. Just talking cattle, Tommy Lee Jones. That's, that's our next week's episode in the mecha, in the makeup trailer. Yeah. Oh, so I think that we should get to Robin. Mm, so they yeah. go to the Gotham Circus. Jeez, dude. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, or should we talk about Nicole Kidman? The Flying Graysons, because they do introduce Nicole Kidman wanting to fuck Batman. Oh man. We should probably go into that first before we go. Dude, Chase Meridian is DTF. She's down to fuck. And I think it's interesting that normally whenever you see uh the girl in these type of movies, males are always pursuing them. Sure. They're kind of the object. And what's kind of oddly refreshing about this is that she's kind of using him as the object. Right. She's trying to pursue him. That's she breaks point. she breaks into like she fires up that bat signal, she fires man. Bat signal. I assume the bat signal is on top of like, what, the police station or city hall or she, some shit. She broke into the police station and she fully turned on that bat signal to, to get him in lingerie. In lingerie, because yep. he shows up and she's fully just wearing like a corset. Her <laughs> trench coat's laying right there, <laughs> next to the spotlight. <laughs> Her full-on, like, trench... Yeah, oh my god. But yeah, that's her main character beat, is that she wants to bang Batman. Okay, well, this Pat's... Also, her, like, commitment to it. I met someone. Like, okay, once. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm ready to introduce him to my parents. And I was thinking that if they were were gonna bang, would he have to take off his, like, pants? Like, his bat pants? Is it all one piece? Is it all one piece? No, I'm like, sure it's a quick release. What yeah. if, on that utility belt? Well, I guess that he does have that cod piece. He's got to keep the cowl on though, so so Chase Meridian doesn't know his true identity. Maybe the but she wants. That. Maybe the cod piece comes off. Am I the only one here who has seen the fan art? <laughs> it comes right off. <laughs> well, that's your fan art. So to be fair, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm talking about all the fan art. I've seen it. Oh Jesus. Um. No, so wait a second, though. Uh, yeah, he, it's got to be quick release. Oh yeah, no yeah, yeah. He's lying about that. Yeah, you take off the utility belt, and it's just like, come on. And it does kind of bother me that he's so disinterested in her too. Batman doesn't of, have, have time for these broads. He just sort of dismisses her as like, ah, oh, women. He's got he's got an estate to manage. He's got like he has no time for Doctor Chase Meridian. Oh yeah. So do you think that when I was watching it, I kind of saw parallels between Dr. Chase Marillion and Harley Quinn and kind of this universe would this have been the Harley Quinn role? Or are you speaking about Dr. Harleen Quinzel? Harleen Quinzel. Because <laughs> she does work at, a, at Arkham. Yeah. She's like their main doctor. Did you see, uh, did you see uh, the Suicide Squad? I did see it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, like th- those back, those back mm-hmm. uh, flashback scenes. Yeah, where she's like talking to Joker, Mister mm-hmm. J. 
I mean, yeah, I can see that. I see a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think that Harley was that big of a character at this time. Well, Harley was introduced on the animated series, right? Yeah, that was 90. Damn. When was the animated series? I want to say early, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was definitely in high school when it was on. So, um, yeah, she probably came in the first couple of seasons of that show. And then she got introduced. 92. Introdu- 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she got introduced as canon, like, immediately into the comics like based on the popularity of the show right yeah so uh, so val Kilmer... yeah that was arlene eileen sorkin <clears throat> arlene so... sarkin <laughs> the voice actor can i get yeah why can't... arlene sorkin was the voice actor mr j so val kilmer goes to see nicole at i'm not really sure what is this a live-in office place I think it's her. I think does it's she work her... and live there? Is that her apartment? He says Commissioner Gordon told me to come to visit you to talk about Two Face. So I'm assuming this is her place of work. Is it the same set as her bedroom though? In her apartment, it, it kind of looks it like it. It does look like the same set. As I her think bedroom. it's her live-in office space. It's a live workspace mm-hmm. in Gotham, City. like those downtown lofts in Gotham. Yeah, very affordable. So. uh Bruce brings her the first uh, puzzle or like riddle. These riddles. These riddles, man. <laughs> Clock. 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 She. The answer is a match. A match. Oh god. Okay, I've got a. I've got a little bit of. Uh, I've got a little bit of that scene. Hold on. Where is it? You have a thing for bats? Oh, well, that's a Rorschach, Mr. Wayne. An ink blot. People see what they want. I think the question would be, do you have a thing for bats? Still playing with dolls, Doctor. She's a Malaysian dream warden. Some cultures believe she protects you from bad dreams. It's silly to you, I'm sure. You look so sad. Do you need one? Me? No. Why would I? You're not exactly what you seem, are you, Bruce Wayne? What is it you really came here for? Yikes. Time's up. Do you have a thing for bats? I think that's a piece of writing that the screenwriter Akiva Goldsman (laughs) was really proud of. It's like, oh, we're going to put all the stuff that's going to be like symbolism for Bruce's psyche. We're going to drop this like Malaysian dream warden, but it's like... But this Rorschach is clearly a bat. It's clearly a bat. Come on. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe you have a thing for bat. Come on. Yeah, I think that's the screenwriter being... No, yeah. (laughs) I think it's the screenwriter being very happy with himself when he wrote that. Sure. (laughs) But yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that that is the most animated that Val Kilmer is in this entire movie. In that True. little bit right there, and he was just and like it's not flirty. No, They're like so, uh, when this once the scene's over and she likes him, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and what's so weird about this movie and its tone is that it goes from very Looney Tune elements to stuff that's so serious, like this. Yeah, 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 and. Batman's backstory is played so deadpan. I don't even know what's going on with his like weird 
like trances that he goes into where he sees the like giant stuffed bat like hanging. What is that? What, what, wasn't the that the Enigma machine? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, happening. Or when we no? were watching the bonus features, there was that big sequence that they cut with the giant bat. Oh, what? Yeah, did you not? Notice that? Maybe I fell asleep. Yeah, the screenwriter <laughs> the screenwriter was talking about how when he was down in the cave, a giant bat like appears to Bruce. Like this g- comically large, never ending story bat. <laughs> and it didn't make it into the final cut. I Is guess that that it's like in... the cockroach that appears to Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean to <laughs> to, to uh, Hey. Hey, how are you? <laughs> yeah, wait, hey, hey how's it going? <laughs> to himself. But uh. yeah, this backstory is so boring. It, I mean, just this character work that they're giving Val Kilmer, it's kind of like, who cares? We've seen, even in 95, we've seen this origin story a lot. Yeah, I feel like by the time this movie came out, I'm sitting there, and this is the third Batman movie, and I'm going, Martha Wayne's pearls fall into the ground in slow motion again. again. And <laughs> guess who did that in 2016? Zack Snyder. The exact <laughs> shot. Yeah. I think it was at least in one of the Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all uh, boring. But we eventually we eventually get to the Gotham Circus. So I have a lot of questions about the Gotham Circus. Is this like a stationary circus that doesn't leave, or is this a traveling circus? It's at the Hippodrome, which is, a, which is clearly like a venue in Gotham City on the riverfront, yeah. not the Hudson River. So we're introduced to the Flying Graysons. Sure. With the very cute Chris O'Donnell. And, oh. Do you know much about Robin, Dylan? Uh, Robin was one of my favorite, absolute favorite characters. I thought Chris O'Donnell was a great choice for him. Okay. So did they take this from the comics, this whole backstory? About the acrobats? Well, yeah, yeah with Dick Grayson at least. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I think so. As much as I know about it, I, I haven't read. I, I know he was orphaned, and I think mm-hmm. the family was acrobats. So I I think it's like dead on. And that's essentially for, like why Robin becomes Bruce's like ward, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's because he's orphaned. somehow orphaned. Okay. But I'm sure somebody else knows better than me. But sure. I'm pretty sure that okay. that's pretty right on. Fair enough. The flying raisins. Um. So, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think it's right on. The flying he was great. Sorry, right. go ahead. No, he, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he's really good in this movie. And this was a, oh man, Chris O'Donnell to nine-year-old Scott was like the <laughs> dreamiest guy I'd ever seen in my life. Every woman that I worked with was excited to see the movie for that. He just so. seems like somebody that you can just take home and meet your mom. Yeah. Was this after Scent of a Woman? Yes. Yes. I think he was offered the role when making Circle of Friends with Minnie Driver. He said that on the Oh, yeah, features. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, this is post-Scent of a Woman because in Scent of a Woman, he looks about 15 pounds lighter. Yeah. And I think he just worked out to bulk up for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to get that red breast. Yeah. <laughs> and Scent of a Woman, it introduced the world to... Hoo-ha! To hoo-ha! That was, that was good. That was very... Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we were watching... And Dick Tracy, too. We were watching hey. uh, Bill Hader on Conan, and he said, if you ever want to impress your friends with an impression, just say, whoa, for Al Pacino. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> we 
Neither one of us can do it. Whoa. We can't impress anybody. I can do the hua. So Chris O'Donnell was one of the main uh, inspirations where I got my ear pierced well, when I was in junior high because he rocked it so well. Did he know? He had what a hoop. Full on pirate movie. I, that was what Gold I was just ring. about to say. I remember him having an earring in this movie, and it was like a, a hoop ear. And we were watching it last night, and I was like, "That is bigger than my wedding ring. Cover that me is bad. A giant oh. hoop. That's very New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Of it's them super. Too. It's super color me bad. And yeah, the the only other thing that I that I couldn't take my eyes off of was the fact that his earlobes are attached. That's like one of the. <laughs> you had to point that out to me. I'd never noticed that. It's one of those weird things where some people's earlobes mm. are attached and most people's aren't. His are attached. They look weird. Look it up. Google it, people. I couldn't see the earring was in the way. Yeah, that <laughs> giant. The bigger the O. Robin, it was like a, like he could put like a a, a cloth napkin. It's like a napkin. <laughs> Robin he got it at Cosplus. <laughs> Robin rocks the t-shirt vest combo very well. That nothing says mid nineties to me more than an oversized vest with a white t shirt underneath. I remember trying to replicate that look. Oh, I did replicate that Mm -hmm. look very well. I still do today. I also really like the biker look when he strolls (laughs) up to Wayne Manor and his his leather jacket and his bike. His pins on and Mm -hmm. And he he had the helmet that didn't have like a face visor. I would pay I would pay real money for that helmet. That prop? That prop. Where is that prop? Where is that prop now? I want it. Dylan, where do do you think that prop is? Do Robins have red heads? I don't... uh, I don't think so. They have a red breast? Uh, Yeah, it's their Yeah, they have black heads. He should have had a red face mask on it. Like a red glass. Yeah. But who cares? (laughs) Is is that a Robin? No. (laughs) It's a cardinal. And it does kind of suck. It's a cardinal. And it it does kind of suck that they don't put him in the signature Schumacher... Batman costume until the last 20 minutes of the movie, too. Yeah, he's got to wear that stupid spandex. The Schumacher movies always did that. They always saved the cool costumes for For the the very end. For the last act. Yeah. That's true. Well, just like, you know, and then you got to crash the Enterprise again. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I I thought it was actually really cool because we kept getting to see the Burt Ward costume. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And over and over. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought. Well, I, I could have seen more of it. I thought it was, it was really cool. And it was clever yeah, that I they did, that they built kn- oh, the sorry, Burt Ward costume into the acrobat. Suit yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That was really that, that was, was his costume for yeah, the circus. That was That's kind of clever. That was smart. Dylan, what were you but gonna I, say? I noticed the the flying Graysons. Um, so like, there was sort of a belt, and then there was kind of a dance belt for the for the men. Yeah. And then they had like little tails on the back. Did you it was like that? a. Li- it was like a. Uh, they they call that a peplum. Okay. It's a and peplum. It's like a little. Mom didn't have that. Oh, she didn't have it. No, That's mom had like hers. Just sort of terminated at the waistline. So hers was more like so, a leotard. So yes, yeah, so and theirs, theirs had more the like little... a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jacket. <laughs> That's how you can tell when they're flying through the air. No, yeah. But, I why, did... but why did the dance belt stop? Like at the bottom of the crowd, so there was nothing going up the, up back, the back until. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a weird. We had plenty of looks, so <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, we didn't see the dance belt on the bat suits until much later, but yeah, I'm just surprised that like that we wouldn't have the real dance belt sure. on the on the acrobat costume. You get yeah, that really were, good awesome. shot of uh, Chris's stunt double doing the. <laughs> 
doing like <laughs> yeah. like the flying work. Are you telling me that Chris O'Donnell did not do that trapeze? Oh yeah, I guess not. <laughs> just, the, not. just the close-ups of gratitude. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that 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 was really cool incorporating the the Burt Ward color scheme mm-hmm. and just yeah, it was essentially the yeah. costume, but just kind of scaled down to a very like. Uh, what would be used for, you know, a circus acrobatic performance. So that was cool. But I uh, remember seeing like a Cinescape magazine or something like that mm-hmm. before the Robin um, armor was released. Yeah, yeah. And they showed that, look, the classic Robin outfit in all of its bright red saturated. Yeah. Glory is in the movie, and I th- I thought, whoa, because so, you know, making Batman <laughs> black, yeah, yeah, and then you get full Robin. So yeah, I, I was, uh, I could go on and on. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge Robin fan, and I was stoked to see him in a movie. That's cool, man. I mean, yeah. so the, you don't really get a lot of 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 uh, of Robin love from mm-hmm. from Batman fandom. I have a I have a friend. Uh, uh, my friend Gabe, his one of his best friends, Tommy, is super into be- into Robin, and he has a Robin tattoo. Does, he right? does, yeah. Tommy's got mm-hmm. a Robin tattoo, and because uh, Gabe's got a lot of Batman stuff, um, but yeah, it's it's it that that's refreshing. And 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 Scott and I liked Robin for for different reasons. Yeah, but, you know that's he has that uh, '90s haircut. That he's got the Caesar, the Caesar cut. He's got the Caesar, and it was the time before <laughs> white people started to get fades. Yeah, too. You couldn't. Like you couldn't that, give Chris O'Donnell he, a fade. He in had that short hair, but it's not a yeah. fade. I he, feel now. Now, like Robin would have this high and tight haircut. Oh yeah, it would be a fuckboy haircut. Now he'd fully have like a high and tight like fuckboy haircut, look like Macklemore. But in '95, it just had. It was all one. It was one clip, maybe like a three, on the buzzer, all uh, the I way. I was going to say that it was like a self. Buzz. Yeah, like he did it himself, like yep. in the sink, in the bathroom sink. That's what we all did. We all did that. It was like we were, we all thought we were Billy Joe mm-hmm. Armstrong and like fucking Keanu and Speed. That's right. Oh, yeah. That is Keanu's That's haircut right. and Speed. That was very inspiring to me. Everybody. They cut all of yeah. Keanu's hair. And all of his luxurious hair. Yeah. Yeah. I and I did the damn Whoa. same thing. <laughs> I remember the first time I, I I buzzed my hair with like a three or a two. My friend Ray did it. We were in the in in the bathroom in his dad's house, and he shaved my, <laughs> clipped it all, all gone, all one length, and I was like, I thought I was like ready to be just be like Ad Rock. I was like, all right, just Ad Rock, man. Let's fucking do it. Shaves it off, and I was like, what? How do I look? He's like, you look like Keanu in Speed, and I was like, <laughs> fucking yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was so excited. I looked at myself my, in the mirror and I was like, I do look like Keanu in speech. My roommate in college was was sort of prototyping his look off of Joey from Friends. Yeah. And then the moment Keanu buzzed his hair for speed, his hair oh, was gone, gone too. Gone, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because Joey just had like a floppy like the, the side uh, part. The northern pole. <laughs> is what we used to call the him. Northern pole. Well, he had the floppy for a while, and then he got the northern pole, like Chandler. Oh, little... sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. dressed like the cover of uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh shit! Like, over and over. getting in the weeds. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, do you have the clip of Robin talking to 
Alfred Wright. Talking to Alfred. Oh, uh, Dylan, you mentioned it before. I love this scene. Is this, is this a Robin? Can I help you settle in, Master Grayson? No. Thanks. I, w- I won't be staying long. Hmm. Is this a Robin? My brother's wire broke once. I swung out and grabbed him. My father said I was his hero. I flew in like a robin. Some hero I turned out to be. Ah, but your father was right. You are a hero, I can tell. How cool is fucking Alfred in this movie? Yeah. I'm I that, really glad that they kept him on. I love that whenever you uh, hear any of the actors and directors talk about Michael Goth, they have nothing but just fanboy yeah. things to say about him. Yeah. Like Tim Burton, and Joel Schumacher. And that's all Tim Burton bringing him in, you know? Like, like both of those directors just fucking love him. Yeah. He just has this beloved reputation. Yeah. Of just being great. Did you did you grow up with any of the Hammer Horror movies, Dylan? I didn't. Um, no. Yeah. I was kind of aware of them when my Star Wars fandom got really right. involved. When You know, there was nothing, so you yeah. started exploring Corvette Summer. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I was, and then I saw, oh, look, Peter Cushing was in a bunch of movies. Yeah. And I didn't get that far. Yeah. Because then Timothy Zahn's books came out. So right. Oh, then you forgot about it. Yeah. I had to go. I, I got Star Wars back. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about it. But. Uh, not super familiar with I it, knew you know. I knew Peter Cushing from Top Secret with Val Kilmer. Oh yeah. He owns the bookstore <laughs> with the <laughs> magnifying glass. <laughs> I love that. That that scene is amazing. Shot backwards, by the way. It's so oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Go back and watch Top Secret, everybody. Val That's Kilmer, still one of my favorite. favorites. Oh my god, I love it. Pete loves Top Scott Secret. Here doesn't, I think it's fine. <laughs> I've never seen Real Genius. Is that worth checking out? Yeah. Moran yes. loves Real yeah, Genius. Moran loves it. It's great. Real it's... Genius is fantastic. Yeah. I was really hoping that Bruce Wayne would bring out some uh, liquid nitrogen quarters <laughs> for Robin and say here for the vending machines. <laughs> and Bruce Wayne, or Bruce Wayne, uh, Real Genius has the villain from Bachelor Party Lo- with Tom Hanks. Who was the villain in that? He, uh, he's like the nerdy, tall, blonde guy, and he's got like glasses, and he's trying to like foil like Val Kilmer and all them. Oh, in, oh in, yeah, in Real Genius. Kent. Yeah, Kent. Yeah, yeah. And he's in Bachelor Party. He's the guy that's trying to steal Tawny Katane. I need to see. Th- oh yeah, you're right. And he tries. To, and he tries to shoot Tom Hanks with a bow and arrow. <laughs> we'll probably eventually right. do Bachelor Party because there's a good male stripper scene in it. Oh, there's a great Chippendale scene in Bachelor mm-hmm. Party, ladies and gentlemen. Look it up. Um, all right, we're we're off track, but that doesn't matter. We we do want to mention something real quick about Robin the hero. Yeah. That sort of potential gang rape scene. Oh yeah. Where he saves the girl was yeah. harrowing. Like I mean, it was it was just sort of played off as, so this is what typically would happen, right? And I was just thinking, <laughs> like, this is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Gotham at the Gotham at the time in 1995 did have a rampant, uh, like Mad Max, Mad Max, neon black light. <laughs> Blacklight gang that was roaming the streets. Yeah, like but the Warriors sort of next generation. It is. Yeah. It is very Warriors. Yeah. If Robin hadn't stole the Batmobile, that girl would like her life would have been forever changed. And who does? 
who does well, Robin just, meet when he pulls up? In Vogue. In Vogue. I want to <laughs> oh, see yeah. like a comic book cover of Robin meets En Vogue. That's not Batman. That's Bat Boy. That's Bat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? <laughs> well, I'm just in the like the table read or, or doing the meetings yeah. and the drafts. Uh, so let's skip ahead to the uh, gang rape scene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and everybody was kind of like, yeah, sure. Yeah, this is this would be, let's run it on TBS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then at the end, after she gets saved from like almost being gang raped, she's the one who's like, oh, yeah. Thirsty. Hey, you want to like, uh, you want to kiss for a minute here before I uh, go get the rape kit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ready? She's DT bad boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously that yeah, that scene is weird. The but yeah, the the uh the 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 blacklight situation in this alley. Does this does this gang have to like set up all the like they go to go to Spencer Gifts, buy all these long blacklights. They're not cheap, you know. They're, they're this gang is spending a lot of cash. Do you think that all of Gotham's back alleys are like this? No, I think this gang this is their lair. They've gone to Spencer's. They bought all the all the UV. I was light even bulbs. confused. Is this inside or outside? Oh, it's outside. It feels like it's it's like inside. Oh, I'm sure though. it's inside. There's only one shot of the sky in this entire yeah. movie. Well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, see, the way Gotham City is broken down is it's broken down into wards, sure, and not really districts. Sure. And so the city councilman in this ward <laughs> was really big on blacklights. <laughs> so. Um, they got them funding, and that's just what happens. Okay, in this all right, all right. Ward, but this just kind of goes back to Schumacher's delivering high camp in this movie. But you know what I love about Schumacher's Gotham is like the statuary mm-hmm. is crazy. He's kind of taking a little bit of that from Tim Burton. Yes, Tim Burton laid the groundwork, laid the groundwork for for, for big statues. They're all atlases, though. Did they're uh, they're all atlases. Yeah, they're all they're all, they're all holding the shit up. Yeah, they're atlases in Wayne Wayne Enterprises. Yep, yep. Later on, even in in uh, Batman and Robin, the uh, observatory is an atlas holding an actual observatory up instead of a oh. globe. He's holding an observatory. So it's meta. another atlas. Yeah. Oh, that that building super meta. I always loved it. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a lot of cr- interesting shit with the with the statues. There's interesting stuff with the um, like the neon uh, billboard situation. Yeah. Uh, which I always think, just as like a modern or even in '95, just like as a person of the you know 20th century watching this, going like. What these like these neon billboards are crazy, but I feel like in the twenties and thirties there were actually neon billboards that seem would seem crazy to us like with modern eyes, but like the 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 amount of like architecture and 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 shit that went into these crazy advertisements, I think Real uranium. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. These people were like killing themselves, like installing this shit, right? Like get, giving themselves like like radiation. Yeah, well, and there's Sickness. all that the, the glassware too. Yeah. Just n- nobody knew the dangers of all this stuff. A uh, lot I'm of from Nevada. A lot of gels testing. in this movie. Hey. A lot of lighting gels. Oh, lighting yeah. up every single set this with is, the colors of the rainbow. Yeah, this is like this is like a a hallway in like the Veronica Mars's high school. Mm-hmm. Gotham City. A lot of gels. 
if you watch Veronica Mars out there in, in podcast land, you'll get that joke. Uh, anyway, uh, where where are we in this? So we should probably thing? talk about Jim Carrey's plan because I'm sort of confused of what the Riddler's master plan is. Is it just H? Is it just uh, high def TV? Yeah. Is it high def? <laughs> is it HD TV? Four uh, K. Because he talks about so you'll like be a part of the become, show. Uh, be in every. Um, living room and become omnipotent. Right. And also, are brainwaves a thing? <laughs> that the, you could, like, harness? The Riddler talks about brainwaves. Is that a thing? Well, brainwaves are a thing, but, like, the way he's intending to use them, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit... Uh, I think it's a stretch on what... Obviously... <laughs> so, okay, so he's, saying, so he's saying, okay, like, buy my, like, you know, like, Roku stick... <laughs> Right, and everybody who buys a Roku stick and uses it, it all just gets funneled back into like his head. His head, right? If he wants, I think. If yeah, I think yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's that shot of him on his chair, his throne, on his throne that he, uh, everything's going inside his head. Sure. Too. So I think yeah. he's already harvesting everyone. He's already har- Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the giant like popcorn coffee percolator <laughs> with like yeah. fins. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Some oceanfront property. Uh, I feel like Jim Carrey, ha- these costumes left little to the imagination. Oh, yes. <laughs> these like sequined like onesies. There was like lighting. They had like uh, LEDs. Lots of stoning. Did he stone those tights? It keeps me safe when I'm jogging at night. When I'm jogging at night. Every single Jim Carrey line <laughs> is used for the advertising of this movie. When you watch the trailers, they lifted every single scene of Jim Carrey, and they put it in the advertising. There's not one moment in this movie that's not in some piece of the advertisement for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in pretty good shape, so... No, yeah, he is, actually. He does look act- He does look really good in these in these. Skin tight, a lot of good sequin onesies. That cane work. Yeah. Can we talk about this fucking cane? Oh, yeah. Jesus, amazing. That was so cool. They don't use a double for that. He's That's actually Jim. Yeah, yeah. Color guard. <laughs> He's like a drum major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I do have a little bit of his performance just because it's it's a little it's it's nuts. Let me see here. Where is it? Release Chase. This is between you and me. And me. And me. <laughs> You've been sucking Gotham's brainwaves, and now you've devised a way to read men's minds. <laughs> you betcha! Soon my little box will be on countless TVs around the world, feeding me credit card numbers, bank codes, sexual fantasies, and little white lies. Into my head they'll go. Victory is inevitable! For if knowledge is power, than a god am. Was that over the top? I can never tell. (laughs) Yeah. Jim's definitely given free range in this movie. Yeah, I think they just kind of let him just do your thing. This was after the mask and... I think it... Oh yeah, because Mask came out in ninety four. Yeah, yeah, it's post Mask. So he was hot off of Ace Ventura and Mask. Mm-hmm. 
That's all he had done before this? Well, movies? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Dumb and Dumber was a pretty big hit in 94. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber was 94. That's why Tommy Lee Jones hated him. It was Dumb and Dumber. Really? That's when he said to Jim Carrey oh, in a restaurant, I, 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 I won't stand for your buffoonery. Did you hear that wow. clip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that real? Yeah, that, that clip? Jim, Jim Carrey told Stern that Tommy Lee Jones said, I don't, I won't stand for your buffoonery. Wow. What is that? It's like, okay, okay, Tommy Lee Jones, chill the fuck out. Yeah. I know you have your Oscar for, your bullshit Oscar for the Fugitive, but (laughs) you can calm down. I don't care. (laughs) I didn't kill my wife. (laughs) Um, can we talk about the 800 pound nipple in the oh room? Oh boy. Oh man. Oh, these shots of Batman leaving. So, okay, so What's so the suits in general. So did Schumacher Alfred put them there or that... did Bruce say <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Alfred. Is is Alfred like Alfred. 3D printing all of these suits? <laughs> Alfred, I need you to go to Rome and, and scan the statue of David. <laughs> 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 Take a laser scan of it. Yeah, I, I. How is okay? Is 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 Alfred manufacturing these suits? It seems to me like he is. Is Alfred yeah. also manufacturing the tube that goes from Wayne Enterprises <laughs> to Gotham Manor oh. too? Did Alfred make that? That's a hell of a tube. Uh, that tube is crazy. There's this shot, and it says it's going 200 miles an hour. But okay. The, but the, then he ends up in like Spock's coffin. Yeah, <laughs> that was a little callback the, to the the sunglasses case. That was a little callback <laughs> to yeah. the TV show too, because there was a there was like a there was a coffin that he would get into on the TV show. Well, it was uh, like going down the 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 the, the, the fireman pole, mm-hmm. but the bat pole. Yeah, the bat pole. There you go. But yeah, yeah, these costumes. Okay, so so Schumacher likes to say. That they're like uh, that; these characters are like Greek gods, and and there's there is Fair. there is a whole you know argument of about superheroes and and relating them to to Greek gods and that and that kind of a storytelling. So so he said, okay, so they're idealized, and 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 all of these statues in in ancient Greece and Rome are are idealized images of of men and 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 you know the people that are in charge and all that so so he wanted to go back to these to that look that aesthetic yeah but, i wasn't against it at the time i just uh i'm just wondering was it alfred's call yeah <laughs> <laughs> Monster Bruce. Yeah, Alfred's got this like thinking. He's got this program, got this computer program. Because I don't, I don't know otherwise how he would create this. Like, like realistically in the nineties, how is what is he doing? Is he like sculpting it? Sculpting, casting. Yeah. Oh. How would they even make that? Even in wardrobe too. Yeah. How does that? Costume how does that costume made? even get made in general? Who knows? Is it? Well, I'm assuming that it's in pieces too. Yeah, they did life casting and then sculpted it onto on top of it, right? Cast yeah. of the bodies. Is that what you're asking? It's probably a or just it's probably an ab piece, shoulder piece, and oh, oh, pants I see too. Of just how the costume fits in general. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's got to have a lot of hidden zippers and Velcro and stuff. Because that kind and of material would kind of uh, like pucker. Like it would a, tear. Like too. on the they had to have lots of doubles. Yeah, like on the um, the points of uh, like your shoulders and things. Yeah, yeah, that would be so. There would be a lot of weird like puckering and pulling and stuff. But I suppose that the thought process Joints. when he photographed it was, we really have to show off this costume. We just have to do it with medium close-ups of every single part of the suit. So in the very, 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 very first scene of the movie when Batman's getting ready, you get the gloves, you get the bat uh, symbol on his chest, cape, cowl, all that. At the very end of the movie, when they're going to re, uh, when they're going to the the Riddler's lair, it's a new suit because the the Batcave has been destroyed, so he's got to put a brand new prototype suit on, and this is the shot where you fully get badass, like that, a like a that, zoom in that on, tight badass on the ass, and then uh, when Robin's putting his suit on, you really yeah you really get like you get the nipples. All of the, all of the like, you get the re- reveal of Robin's suit just when he walks down the stairs. He's walking down the stairs. You yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. that those shots until Batman and Robin. That's true. But Robin in this movie does get a hero shot on the like on the craggy island. Holy rusted metal Batman. Holy rusted metal Batman. I love that shot. The the big uh, r- reveal or like the big hero shot of uh, of the island of him on the rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're now on uh we're now on the Craggy Island with the, the Riddler's lair. He's somehow he's he's kidnapped Chase Meridian. Got her from Gotham Manor. Oh, that's right. They broke I love into, that. They I bro- love, no, they broke into Wayne Manor. I love I was trying to think of what is the most Tim Burton y thing about this movie. Uh huh. And it's one scene of the movie and it's the kids' Halloween costumes. They're super Tim Burton. They're the only Tim Burton thing about it. Well, I mean, if you really want to get into it, another super Tim Burton thing about this movie is when they are Chase Meridian is talking to Dr. Burton at Arkham Asylum. Oh, yeah. And he's got a crazy Tim Burton wig on. Mm-hmm. And I that, didn't even notice that. Yeah, that actor is uh, is Rene Abergenois. You may remember him from Benson. Or Star oh, Trek yeah. Deep Space Nine. Um, he was Odo, and uh, he he's a, a doctor at the at Arkham. And his, the character's name—I don't even think she says it in the movie, but it's just in the IMDb that his character's name is Doctor Burton, and he's wearing like a Robert Smith wig. Phil Spector. Hello. <laughs> so, all right. So we're on the we're on the Craggy Island. I like the I like the little game show scene where Robin has to pick between uh the boy wonder and Dr. Chase Meridian. Yes. I like that little piece of acting from Jim. Okay, so I also They give him a lot to work with in that scene. He's I, funny in it. I have that. Do you want to hear that? Yeah. Okay, it's it's kind of short. Yours is the greatest riddle of all. Can Bruce Wayne and Batman ever truly coexist? We'll find out today. But first, Let's meet our contestants. Behind curtain number one. The absolutely fabulous Dr. Chase Meridian. She enjoys hiking, getting her nails done, and foolishly hopes to be the love of Bruce's life. 
and behind curtain number two. <laughs> Batman's one and only partner. This acrobat turned orphan likes Saturday morning cartoons and dreams one day being bare naked with a girl. <laughs> and below these contestants, my personal favorite, a watery grave. Just one little touch. And five seconds later, these two day players are golfing on the rocks below. So this is the most Adam West Batman. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, yeah. We get. This is straight up a scene that you would see on the TV show. But he even said, like, we'll, like he used mm-hmm. the, the, There's the voiceover. There's references over. to it. Yep. Yeah. I love, the, I love the old series from the 60s. Oh, yeah. We have that Blu-ray. Dylan, are you frozen again? No, you're good to go. Can you hear us? No. I feel great. Okay. <laughs> so we we have the entire uh Adam West 60s Batman series on Blu-ray and that shit is like really solid. Oh, super watchable. It's so fun. It's so much fun. I like in season 3 when they introduce uh Batgirl. Batgirl. All the Batgirl stuff is great. Yeah. The I should stuff. get get those and watch them in order. I used to watch it just when it was on after school. There's yeah. so Whatever. much fun. So I, just, I remember when... I've probably seen the same five episodes. Oh, sure, yeah. Times, I remember so. when Batman Returns came out, they would be on uh, Nick at Night. Yeah, lot. here... Okay, oh, yeah. so growing up in L.A., they were not really shown that much, but when Batman Returns came out, they were back in heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. And that's, they were on TV that's when I all grew up on the them. time. And, and so I started watching that and was just like obsessed they were so cool we got bay we got bay area tv where i lived so um ktvu i think they had batman they were rerunning it when i was a kid yeah so i used to catch it then who are some of your favorite villains off the tv show oh boy uh well obviously the riddler was great but i always loved Burgess Meredith, yeah. Because Burgess I knew Meredith him from was Rocky. great. Oh yeah. So <laughs> as a kid, yeah. <laughs> just recognizing uh, him for that, and then I remember Eartha Kitt much more than I remember the Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think I prefer Julie Newmar over Eartha Kitt, but that's a hard. That's a tough one. That's a tough one, though. Yeah. I think. Gun to my head, I would probably say Julie Newmar. <laughs> Although Ju- Lee Merriweather is really good in the movie. Though. She's in the, yeah, yeah, in that crazy movie. Oh, yeah. That's right. We own the movie. It's good. I do, yeah. I bought that movie. It's the, And that movie has, like, they did kind of, it has all the villains. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, they're all in it. And, and, but it has Lee Merriweather because they couldn't get either one of the two. I like the beginning of the movie starts without starts out with a disclaimer of you need to y'all need to chill the fuck out. This <laughs> is this is supposed to be silly. <laughs> That's true. If you watch yeah, the Batman the movie. It's literally called Batman the movie. And it's a it's a theatrical feature length movie of the Batman TV series from the 60s and it's got a disclaimer at the beginning. And I feel like Old timey movies would have that. Do you remember like old movies having like a, a 
a dedication. The Wizard of Oz would start out with like a quote and a dedication. Yeah, so did so did Gone with the Wind, and uh, and this one had it too. But um, all right. So what so what do we have left of this of this movie? Ba- I mean, there's fucking like the Joker's master plan. You mean the Riddler? The Riddler's master plan. He's gonna steal everyone's brainwaves. <laughs> Batman throws like something and shatters his machine. So he's the the thing is he's got the two of them tied up. He's got Chase and he's got Robin. But there's they're gonna fall to the to to their death, and Batman has to choose which one he's gonna save. But he ultimately saves them both, mm-hmm. and Robin becomes his like co, and ruins the machine. So uh, he does three yeah, tests. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He destroys the popcorn maker. Does them all at once. Yeah, he 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 saves Chase and he saves Robin, and Robin. I mean, Robin. At this point, Robin's got the cool like armor suit, like this like I don't even know what that material is. PVC and Who a knows? very big mask. The mask is I huge. Think that's that mask is huge. Gripe that I have. It's way too big. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't know if I'm just more used to Batman and Robin because it's a lot more sleek in that movie. But, yeah, he came out and I was like, why is that mask covering his entire face? It's too big. What do they use in the in, in, in these movies to glue those masks on? I feel like that would be super uncomfortable. I would just sweat right through it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot of face paint and then sort of an outer rim. Yeah, because there's the eye black that like, yeah. yeah. Because there's that shot. Do you remember Dylan in Batman Returns when he he rips the cowl off? No makeup. And there's no eye black. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're supposed to forget about Batman had white just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenses, yeah. I don't know. I... Little, little orphan Annie, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. Robin the same. So they were trying to get that s- silhouette of the eye, yeah, as simple as possible, yeah. But yeah, the <laughs> the no makeup on the on the cowl rip off was oh, yep, because <laughs> there's the there's the split second before he rips it off, it's and you there. see and it with yeah cross. with no makeup, mm-hmm. and it's just it looks it's it's disconcerting. So yeah, I think part of it is it just looks weird to not have anything. I think the effect is best when Riddler is throwing his little bombs. Yeah. And he does the last one and Jim Carrey crouches down and he closes his eyes during the explosion. And um, the way it's lit is all you see is the mask and empty black. Oh, you see, okay. You see his green mask and then empty black, and it looks really cool. And yeah. I don't know if um, at first I couldn't tell if it was just the lighting, but his eyes are closed, and it looks really, really awesome. I, I, visually, I, this movie was totally profound at the time. Yeah, for me. I was, it was. It was, was nominated for it. Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm gonna go back and get a shot of that uh, that shot that you that you just mentioned. I'll put that on the Instagram. We'll post that on the gram. Yeah, we'll get it on the gram. So yeah, so everything wraps up nicely. <laughs> uh, the Joker is thrown into, or I always I keep saying the, the Joker. Joker. The Riddler gets thrown into Arkham Asylum. Get that last little beat with Two Face dies. Him and yeah, Two Face straight up dies. Him and Chase. Yeah. So okay, so Dylan, as as a Batman fan, as somebody in your uh, late teens, early twenties, you're watching Still. these movies. Yes, to to this day, you're watching these movies. 
it, it looks really cool. At the time, to us in 95, it, this looks Something really great. that had never been done before. Yeah. In a major Hollywood movie, so, too. So what, so what are your thoughts on something like, on on things like the suit, on the the nipples, on... The high camp the high, quality the of this movie. The high camp of this movie. And the clear, you know, Joel Schumacher is, is, a, is an out gay mm-hmm. movie director, yep. you know? And um, is it something that you even notice or, or, or to talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, I, I think it's, yeah, I don't think um, it was, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I don't think they tried to mask it at all. Yeah. I think it was very much over the top. I think it was hard to sustain at the yeah. time. So like with Batman and Robin coming next, and having to sort of up that, yeah. You either have to, because it's already like dialed all the way up for this. Um, so everyone has to really be on board in order to continue, and I think that was probably why people were kind of fatigued with that. Yeah. Uh, but because it was so sort of out of realism, whereas Batman '89 was kind of as real as you could get, mm-hmm. and they they. And then by the time you get to whatever it is Mr. Freeze is wearing. Yeah. Um, oh, the that, Batman Robin, that's a movie for a whole different podcast yeah, episode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And but and so the intermediate stage of this one, I thought um I remember all the marketing stuff too, like um I think it was Taco Bell that yeah. got uh like you know, the cups and stuff like that. So there was color everywhere instead of it being so monochromatic mm-hmm. like it was before. And um, I, I was on board. I, I remember um, just really thinking that it was a, um, that it wasn't a bad turn yeah. for the franchise. It was something, it felt very new. Yeah. And, and also, I also don't think that as much as they're sort of silly, I think Joel Schumacher was totally the right choice. Oh, absolutely! Even though, yeah. even though it didn't like maybe the 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 cinema going public didn't totally feel that way, but um, but I can't remember how most other people felt about it. I just remember being excited. I yeah. mean, this movie it, was it, a. I wanted gig- to be in that business. So this movie oh, yeah. was a this yeah. movie was, was a gigantic hit. It it made. Three hundred thirty-six million dollars at the box office. It opened at a record fifty million, and fifty million today—that seems—that seems pretty normal for a yeah. big-budget movie. But for nineteen ninety-five, that was a lot of money That's for an opening money. weekend yeah. for a movie. Probably adjusted for inflation, that would be maybe like one hundred thirty million yeah. for an opening weekend. I also felt like it was time for that sort of level of. Um, visual presentation. Yeah, in the summer blockbusters. So, oh, it's a total uh, showpiece of a movie. Yeah, I remember the seal video. Oh my god! Oh, this heavy rotation. This fucking soundtrack was the shit when it came out. How have we not even talked about seal? Kiss from a rose. That was this movie. This was the. Oh Oh, jeez. Credits. It's that. That's why it's in the credits. And even that like YouTube song. That yeah. YouTube song, and there was the music video. Hold that... me, kill me, thrist, 
thrill me. There was the YouTube video <laughs> that that put them in the comic book, which is really cool. Yeah. I guess that Schumacher tried to get Bono in the movie somehow, but it didn't work out. I think Bono was supposed to cameo somewhere. Hold me, kiss me, kill me, thrill me. Yeah. Something like that. So those yeah. in a different order. Hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. There you go. Yeah, like two big pop songs wow. attached to this movie. I totally forgot about Kiss from a Rose. Yeah, this but soundtrack Kiss was from huge. A Rose has never gone away. I don't oh, think. I think no. Classic. That so. song. Oh, geez, Louise. I got to pull that up. Get out of here with Kiss from a Rose. Wow. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty cool that Schumacher kind of delivers this very gay movie and he sold it to the American public yeah. and everyone just accepted it. Yeah. It's so incredibly heightened and big and it's campy. It's a huge stage presentation. Yes. It's just a total, Yes, yeah. It's, it's a, a total it's ice capades. show pony of a movie. I mean, okay, it's Batman Jim and Robin. Carrey dressed like Annie Lennox. Yeah. In his first Riddler. Why costume. does he have pink hair? I, I, Why I does he have a pink flat top? Well, he's also wearing like a like grease paint too. Yes, yeah. So, and and lip, he's got stuff on he's his got, lips. He's got he's got a lip a lip gloss, like, a lip yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's fully yes, uh, cl- clown. Yeah, harlequin. He's like rouge. I I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like he's like Commedia dell'arte. Like, but there's a meets, li- there's like, also a little Ziggy Stardust going yeah, on too. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. You, oh yeah, I didn't even think of that with a flat top. Yeah, yeah. You can see when his like his little mask kind of sometimes it'll move a little bit. Yeah, there's a line. S- you can see the line of of the makeup. Mm-hmm. Is it airbrushed? Do they airbrush the know. makeup on over the over the mask? It's yeah, it's it's a lot. His build out he he got a lot of work done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's faster than Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, this movie. It's it's a lot, but you know, it's it's a lot that I can I can get behind. And oh, there it is. There it is. We'll just we'll just have that there. Seal will play us out. <laughs> but yeah. Do we have any final thoughts? Have we missed anything? Final thoughts about this movie. Oh, do you, oh, I forgot to say where I first saw this movie Tell when me. I was a kid. Yes. When I was 9 years old when it came out. Yeah. Um I saw this movie at the drive-in with my dad. Oh, we went in his truck. So cool. Yeah, and I loved it. I had a lot of Batman action figures. I had the Batplane. <laughs> I had the Batmobile. I had um, Batman, Riddler, and Two-Face. And I think I still have a few of them in the closet. I think we have some of them. I here. have the Val Kilmer Batman. And I, I think have, your Two-Face is I here. have the Two-Face action figure. Yeah. I did not get the Dr. Chase Meridian action figure. Oh. Just kidding. They didn't make one. Oh. I would have I wanted it, though. I would If you had that. If they had it. Yeah. Wow. Dylan, any any final thoughts? Did we lose you? Well, we'll keep talking with our final thoughts while Dylan catches up via the magic of the internet. Um, Scott, talk a little bit more about your toys. Did you get them from... Uh, I mean, I think they just from came Burger from... Burger King? I think they just came from Target. Oh. And I believe it was McDonald's that had the the mugs because mm-hmm. I had I had the Two Face mug, the Batman mug, and the Riddler mug. Okay. And I always liked the Riddler mug because um I could put my green Kool Aid in it. <laughs> That's amazing. And it looked really cool. Oh. Okay, so Dylan, do you have any final thoughts about this movie? No, I was uh <laughs> glad to see it again. <laughs> no, I, I, I do not. 
I, no. Yes. My final thoughts. Um, it was it was awesome. It was a slow start. Yeah. It was edited kind of weird. Yeah. But if you want to see something was, edited I, I, weird, I'm, look up the original trailer for this movie. Oh yeah, the this trailer's is not terrible. how they cut trailers these days. Look it up. No. It is weird. No, the trailer's terrible. It has no flow to it. They're just <laughs> inserting scenes, and it doesn't quite. We're just so used to polished movie trailers. There's no like, yeah, there's no weird. Like, underlying audio track. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. It was a huge spectacle, um, and it was really sort of uh, overt. Isn't really the word I'm looking for. Like sure. there was nothing. There's nothing hidden about it. Like there was sort of the superhero buddies. Um, and it was told, I think, really well, and I think they were really generous, too, especially with the Robin character. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't really know what, what I don't even know what to add to that. I just thought it was... <laughs> this movie is definitely waving its pride flag. <laughs> it is like yeah. out and proud, and it, yeah, it is. Think, yeah, I think in 2019 mm-hmm. we can really look back at this and see that the Joel Schumacher put a lot of thought into I think that's one of my biggest gripes with I mean the newer Batman movies uh-huh. like Donna Justice and Justice League and also a little bit of the Nolan movies is that they just take themselves so goddamn seriously sure yeah. this is a movie about Batman y'all need to y'all need to chill y'all need to chill out yeah this is a movie about a superhero yeah I wish that this movie for so for me, I I had friends that were gay that I didn't know were gay yeah. at the time. Yeah, and I wish that society was in a different spot for this movie. At yeah, the, at the time when it came out for me, so um, because uh, I I think there would have been some really good conversations back then. Oh yeah, but it was it, I don't know, man. That, that was still. Like when you watch Friends and you watch how they sort of dodge it, yeah, and get weird about it, yeah, and then, or make jokes, yeah, 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 and and some of them are really kind of cruel, yeah, and then Joel's at the helm and there's no jokes, there's yeah, no, yeah. like there's no room for that, it's just complete, um, it's just done uh, really really well. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's all it's all just normalized and it's mm-hmm. all just like there for Exact that's the word. Yeah. This is a movie with a capital M. It is a it is a movie. Yeah. This is like a piece <laughs> of cinema. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for coming on, man. This yeah, was thank you like so much. So much fun. <laughs> so so much fun, and thanks for for trying out the Skype stuff with us. We're I still kind of getting the like, hang of it. Uh, this is like the future. Yeah, uh, blazing the trail of technology. You know what? We need the brainwaves. The, I know. We this. need that like Nigma tech. We can mount it right on my MacBook. If we had Nigma tech, this all this it all can go right would, on my computer. Yeah, I know. Just stick it right on the top. That would, I mean, that would make things so much easier. But yeah, Dylan, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me for your lowest rated episode. <laughs> <I love you guys. laughs> this, this is going to be amazing. This was super fun. I had a great time. Dylan, uh, do you have anything to plug? Do you have any uh, social media you want people to follow you on? Uh, you can I'm say no. Hide on social media. <laughs> That's cool. That's, That's cool. That's fine. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just put the bio up. 
Uh, all right, sounds good. Good enough. Good enough for me. Well, boys and girls out there, you can follow us on social media. You can go to Facebook and Instagram and look for us at Movies That Made Us Gay. You can also follow us on Twitter at M T U M G Pod. That's Movies That Made Us Gay Pod at Twitter, and you can also leave us a message on Gmail if you feel so inclined at movies that made us gay at gmail.com. But Instagram, that's kind of where we're at right now. Go on Instagram. You can leave us any messages, uh, any movie suggestions, comments, all that good stuff. And while you're on iTunes listening to this, don't forget to give us five stars. Five stars. Smash all five of those stars while you're there. Thanks for listening, everybody. This was really fun. I hope you had a great time. We all did... Dylan, thank you so much. We love you, buddy. See you later. Love you too, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. We will see you soon. Good night. Good night.